This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 23, Misunderstandings. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Stoker, and I am a certified life coach and health coach, and I am passionate about helping Latter-day Saint women strengthen their families. It can often be so challenging navigating family life, and I help you do that through stories and the Word of God. And I'm glad you're here, so let's get going. Hi, folks. Hey, thanks for listening. I wanted to talk right away, of course, about the retreat that I am organizing for Leading Saints. And what I want to talk about actually is the food. I know this isn't like the big part of a retreat. It's not the point of us gathering or anything like that. But I do love talking about food. I am a health coach. And it really matters to me what we are going to eat because I believe our experience really improves or you really can get some teeth into it, haha, <laughs> so to speak. If the food is nourishing, if it's good, if we have clear minds, if um, just if that food is is healthy and and just helps us in this process of learning and feeling the spirit and all of that. So of course the food is really important to me. And I've hired some caterers that I've had helped me at another event and I was so pleased with them. I, I'm just so pleased, not just with the content, you know, like what the food is and all of that, but the display. It, it's beautiful. It's healthy. I'm so excited. We had so much fun just like going over the menu and what would be served and when and want to make sure no one's hungry and we want to make sure that we are um, balancing out the meal and, and that it's beautifully displayed. So all those things we talked about, and it was really a lot of fun. So I'm excited about that. Ladies, have you signed up yet for this retreat? If you haven't, um, we've had many, many sign up and, and it is filling up, which is wonderful, but there's still room and I want you to come. So go to leadingsaints.org backslash gathering. And on there, you'll find the part where it talks about the women's retreat. Click on that and then read all about the women's retreat. Sign up today. Bring a friend, because that's fun too. Bring a friend or a group of friends, because if it's four or more, you get a discount. So some great reasons to do that right away. All right, today on the podcast, I wanted to talk about misunderstanding people, or misunderstanding situations, or misunderstanding the church, or, I don't, you know, whatever it can be applied to. I started thinking about this a few days ago when I was listening to the audio reading of the Book of Mormon. And it was in the end of the last chapters of Mosiah about Alma the Younger and his experience with the angel coming and him being, um, you know, him fainting and going through this conversion. Uh during all of, you know, that time of being like out for three days. And what I was thinking is, you know, people speak from their understanding and from their belief systems. And I was thinking about Alma the Younger before when he was going around um, trying to destroy the church. 
And after this experience with the angel and being out for three days, how he came back so fully converted to Jesus Christ as our Savior that um, he then became that he became a missionary and one of the most powerful missionaries and leaders of the church after that. And it's because of his newly gained understanding of it. I wonder what was going on for him, you know, previously. What did he misunderstand about the gospel? What did he, what did he interpret? How did he interpret the doctrines? Maybe how were they taught to him and his experiences and, and fold that all together? And that's what he was speaking from when he went around trying to destroy the church. It's really fascinating, isn't it? Because after his experience with the angel and um, being out for a few days, and he comes back just saying he has been redeemed. He had he had these experiences that where he went through such torment, so racked with the torment of a damned soul is what he calls it. And then to experience this exquisite joy and happiness from being redeemed because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And now there was something that happened during that time where his understanding became much more pure, very clear. And I, and I want to um, I want to illustrate this a little bit more through some other examples of people in the scriptures that were misunderstood. And I want to then like go through ways that you and I can better understand people, better understand doctrines of the church, or that we could be better understood if we followed these steps. So I'm going to go through those. But first, I want to talk about some examples from the scriptures. Let's look at the woman who was found in adultery. What we understood about her, like she was very misunderstood by the people that were brought to her. And we know this because with the interaction with those people and Jesus, Jesus showed us that she was worth saving. The people that brought her to Jesus, they were ready to stone her. Uh, Basically, she could be stoned to death, right? So Jesus showed us that she was worth saving, and she was very misunderstood in this way. Another example is um, Nephi. His brothers totally misunderstood him. They were accusing him of wanting to usurp power that was they felt rightfully theirs in ruling over this people that had come across the ocean. They felt Nephi's intentions were really to to be in power over them. Totally misunderstood. It wasn't Nephi's intentions at all, at least not how I see it. (laughs) Nephi's intentions were really just to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments. Okay, somebody else that was really misunderstood was Ammon. Remember Ammon? Cut off the arms of all those men that came to scatter the, the king's sheep. And when he came back, the king and his household all believed that Ammon was a god of some kind, wondered if he was the great spirit. It was really troubling, really, really disturbing to them that there could be someone 
of such greatness among them. They thought he was a god. Ammon was very misunderstood. He wasn't a god at all. He was a man. And he had incredible power because that was God's will and gift to him as he went out and served these people and served the king. So Ammon, very misunderstood. Somebody else who was really misunderstood was Abish. Remember her? And speaking of Ammon, we can easily now recollect who Abish is. Ammon preaching to King Lamoni and the queen and saw them um, faint, how the spirit had totally overcome them and they had gone into a bit of a trance or fainted or whatever you want to call it. So Abish sees this. She had already been converted to the Lord some time ago. And so seeing this, she was so excited about this, seeing that now the king's converted, the queen's converted, other members of the court are converted. So she goes out and about all around the town to the people knocking on doors, telling them to come see, come see the king is, um, come see the king has fallen. And so she was so misunderstood. People came running, but It did not have the effect that she wanted it to have. They came, they saw the king down, and then they saw Ammon there, and they were sure that it was, you know, Ammon had um, killed the king or had done something to the king and the queen, and so now people were going to go after Ammon. And this did not at all turn out the way that she had intended. She was very, very misunderstood. What she, however she portrayed this to the townspeople, um, you know, however that came out, she was very misunderstood. And so I, just looking at these different examples, this is not an uncommon thing. And it makes for quite a story, doesn't it? But of course, we can always look then to the ultimate example of someone being misunderstood, Jesus. And even though um, he spoke what he needed to say, he did what he needed to do, he was still misunderstood about his role. And you know what? I confess that I still sometimes misunderstand his role as my advocate. And so it just serves us well to really look at this misunderstanding and how we misunderstand people and even even God himself we can misunderstand. So of course we could misunderstand doctrines and and um the church and and have people like Alma the Younger, who misunderstand the gospel of Jesus Christ and would preach against it. But the beauty of all of that is that with a clear understanding and a clear realization from the Lord that that can be corrected and we could be like Alma the Younger in in his second life. And... Um, and then have a much clearer understanding so that he could move forward and be such an instrument in the hand of the Lord. So I want to go over some some process of how to be better understood or how to not misunderstand. Because I think this is one of the the great quotes that I love. And it's from... um, Then Elder Harold B. Lee from the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, he wrote this, or actually he spoke to religious educators, and it's now printed in, 
um, an article called Charge to Religious Educators. I'm having trouble with that word. It was um, first spoken on the 8th of July in 1966, but this is what he says. You're to teach the old doctrines, not so plain that they can't just understand, but you must teach the doctrines of the church so plainly that no one can misunderstand. And so this is the first point that I want to bring up, is to speak plainly, directly. Say what you mean to say. So one time I was um, called as a youth. I was a freshman in high school, and I was called as a youth to lead the music in sacrament meeting because the regular chorister was out of town for the summer. So it was going to be a temporary calling, and um, I knew a little bit about music. I mean, I had taken music lessons for many years. And so I knew a little bit about music. I had watched music leading. I knew something about it. And my mom had taught me some about leading music too. The downbeat and if something's in 3-4, it looks this way. If it's in 4-4, it looks this way. And and so I also knew how to read like when measures start in um, in the music. And so and at the beginning of the measure, your hand went down. Well, What's interesting is I misunderstood really how to start a song, but I didn't know that. I thought that I knew well, like <laughs> depending on like where in the measure the, the the music started, that's where my hand would be for the first note. And I may not be making myself really clear about that. It's hard to describe for me because um, I'm not really knowledgeable about music, but... This is when I had a clear understanding of how to lead the music. I misunderstood. I understood a lot of it, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't more pure. So one time, many, many years later, I am now a leader in Young Women's, and we have this woman in our ward come in and teach the young women how to lead music. As she was explaining it, she very clearly stated, she said, where, where, whatever note you start on, the very first note that people sing, it is always a down with the hand. You're, you, you show that or you lead that always coming down and you land down on the on that very first note, even if the next note is the beginning of the measure. So you just, your hand would go down on the first note, and then right down on the second note at the beginning of the measure, so that you always start leading down. So, so interesting. I just remember locking eyes with her. I was in such amazement. Like, what? I never knew that. All these years, I've led music differently. <laughs> and here I am learning this. But, but this is what I mean about speak plainly, directly. Say exactly what you mean. And that that's one way that it was demonstrated to me. I now understood how to start a song. <laughs> I thought I knew. I mean, I had even like looked in the handbook and it showed how to lead music if it was 3-4 four or 4-4 four, four or 
six eight or whatever it was. It shows you how to mute, how to lead it. And um, but now I understood more perfectly. And this is something too that Nephi talks about. He at the end of his life, he's um, giving some beautiful doctrines of the gospel, and he says, "I speak plainly that you do not misunderstand." And he just very plainly talks about the doctrines of the gospel. So this is part of the process, is just speaking very plainly. A second, the second step, or another step, I should say, is to point out common or probable lines of thinking that are incorrect. Like, you might say something like, like in the story of Abish, for example, she could have gone on to say to to correct you know what was what was misunderstood is that she could have gone on to say something like the point of focus isn't that the king has fallen the point is that the king has been converted he has had a powerful witness of the spirit that caused him to faint okay so just pointing out don't misunderstand me don't misunderstand that i want you to come and see the king fainted and something's wrong no 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 what i what i want you to be thinking instead because that's incorrect thinking correct thinking and understanding is that this is what happened this is the point of focus this is what i'm trying to tell you and so i love that example of abish um and using her as an example because it can just kind of clarify what actually she wanted to say by pointing out wait no no it's not that <laughs> this isn't what i what i want you to say i've or what i want you to understand and we see examples of this often in um general conference because i searched that to see where you know how often people are saying talking about being misunderstood or they'll say elder holland does this don't misunderstand. I'm not saying da, 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 and then he'll go on. So I really like the use of that. When you're explaining something or you're trying to be um, clear or even if you're, um, maybe it's in a teaching situation, you know, with your children or, or explaining a scenario to your spouse, in your explanation, it is good to point out a line of thinking that would be incorrect. Like, no, this isn't what I mean. I mean this very specifically. Another step in the process of understanding and not misunderstanding is to ask clarifying questions. We can use this technique when we're discussing with, you know, our children or our spouse something and we we need to really have a you know, a clear understanding of what was going on or where they're coming from or their belief systems, but to ask clarifying questions, questions that lead to a better understanding, not questions meant to trip somebody up or to catch them in a snare or something like that. Questions that you're trying to see if you're trying to really make sure that you understand what they're saying and you ask questions that will lead you to a better understanding, not to condemn them. And also this helps like in a classroom. If you're asking questions, you can see if your listeners are understanding correctly or 
your children or your spouse, neighbor, whatever. You can just ask questions to see if they if they are understanding. Because people can nod their head and look like it, and yet there isn't a real good understanding there. So asking those clarifying questions. Now, as I wrap up this um, podcast, I want to point out a couple of things that are really kind of specific to the church and, you know, going back to Alma the Younger and, and what I gleaned from listening to his story again, is that what I find really instructive is that Alma the Younger changed once he had a clear communication from the Lord, that is something to seek after, to get a really clear communication from the Lord and to get your own experience from the Lord to really understand the doctrines, to really understand the role the Savior has for you, for me, for our children, um, just to get that clear communication from him to have your experience from God. Added to that is to come to know God's word and to understand the doctrines. I love that President Nelson challenged specifically the women of the church to have a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of the gospel. Because it's from that bedrock understanding then that you can move forward and teach and invite and share what you know because you have a good understanding. And and the problem then is to make sure that we don't misunderstand because we do. We often misunderstand. Just like I confess that sometimes I misunderstand Christ's role in in my life as my Savior and Redeemer. And I know He is. And I have a I've um I've seen how I can apply that redeeming grace, you know, to situations in my life and I pray for that application from him. But I still sometimes misunderstand because I try to do things on my own. <laughs> I try to change on my own. I try to um I try to make corrections on my own and then I understand, oh, that's the role of the savior. So, those are my words today about misunderstanding and um, and how to not misunderstand and how valuable I see just in studying the lives of the of these important people in the scriptures that that having that correct understanding and then having the skills to not misunderstand or having the skills to then help clarify things so that others so you're not misunderstood so much because you know what in the end, we are all misunderstood. We are. And we misunderstand people all the time. And so just making that effort to um, be better at that. Making the effort to have a clear, a clear vision of who we are, who they are, and who God is and his roles. I love you. Uh, thanks for joining me and we will see you next week. If you like the Stand Strong podcast, please like and subscribe 